You are listening to the audio from Grace Bible Church. This audio message is a recording from our Sunday morning worship service. We hope you enjoy. I ask you to open up your Bibles today to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3, we're going to continue our study focusing on the life of Moses. And as you are doing so... um, I just want to remind you, if you don't have a copy of God's Word with you today, uh, I invite you to take that Black Pew Bible right in front of you. Turn it to page 46, and you'll be able to follow along with us and actually you know, kind of read God's Word for yourself. We love, we love the Bible here. We love God's Word, and we encourage you to be able to engage with it as we, as we walk through our time in God's Word today. But as you're, you're doing that, I'd like to make a confession. Um, yeah, it's not anything too crazy. Don't worry. I am terrified of heights. Terrified. How, how many of you guys are here? Raise your hand. Be like, heights and me do not get along. All right, so I'm not alone. Cool. This is, we can have a little time here. This is great. It's like a little group. Uh, but I am, like, terrified. Like, I don't do ladders. I don't do, I don't put stars on top of Christmas trees. I do none of that stuff. Uh, I know the, the big trees we have here. I was like, Mel, I will hold the ladder for you while you get up there, but I'm not getting up there myself. And I've always had this fear since I was a little kid. And I remember one summer, I was like, this is the year I'm going to face my fear of heights. And so I was at the summer camp, and they have these like high ropes course. You guys ever seen those before? They have them like at the Poconos and stuff. Um, you know, you climb up 40, 50 feet in the air. You're all harnessed in. And you climb over, you know, you get on these cables and do all these obstacles, whatever, and there's like a zip line at the end. And I was like, all right, this is the year I'm going to do it. And so I was with a group, and the entire group went. I was kind of holding back. I'm working in my head. Am I really going to do this or not? And I finally, I psych myself up. I get all harnessed in. Um, I, I, I climb up the ladder. So that's like 30 feet. And then they have these staples in the trees that you're supposed to climb up until you get to the actual cable. Um, every single rung of that ladder was like terrifying. I thought I was going to like pee my pants. It was going to be over. So I get to the staples and I freeze. I just can't go any further. I start to sweat. Like I get all clammy. Like it's not good. And like I just, I froze. And all these people on the ground are like, you got this, Dave. We love you, buddy. Like you're all harnessed in. You're safe. Um, oh, hold on. Like, We're here for you, Dave. And I just froze. And they're like, Dave, like 10-year-olds have done this. Just go. You can do this. You know, I got a little firmer and firmer as, you know, the, the little encouragement didn't work. Let's try that. But thankfully, finally, I'm processing everything on that tree. And I'm like thinking, I really am harnessed in. Like, this really is safe. I just saw an 8-year-old do this. I should be fine. Um, and thankfully, I got up the courage. I processed everything. I was given some truth. And I, I believed that truth, and it caused me to propel me to actually go and, and finish that high ropes course. The one and only time. I'm not doing it again. But I did it. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay for heights. The last time we saw Moses, a couple weeks ago, he was hanging out in the wilderness, right? And he sees this burning, this bush burning, and the bush wasn't, you know, uh, wasn't being consumed. And it was God in that bush. And he met God that day, probably for the very first time. And God called him to something. Remember, 
God called him. He's like, Moses, I want you to go back. You go back to Egypt where you have been and you failed. I want you to go back, face Pharaoh, and bring my people out of Egypt. God was calling Moses to something so brand new. Moses, for the past 40 years of his life, had lived in, in the wilderness of Midian. He, he, he was married. He had a family. Um, he had kind of gotten into this fact that, yeah, I used to be in Egypt. I used to be part of royalty, but I'm doing okay. I'm a shepherd now. It's fine. Did the whole white collar to blue collar thing, and he lived a good life. But God was now calling him to something brand new and something so different. And I can imagine Moses, if I was Moses, I can imagine the doubts and the fears and the anxiety of thinking, God, what are you calling me to do? And God, I tried. I tried to save your people once, remember? And that didn't work out that well. I had to run for my life. But God says, no, I have a plan for you. I have a plan for your life. And Moses, at that moment, as we'll see as as we continue that conversation he had with God today, Moses had to grapple with with some things. We see here in this passage, Moses has to grapple with, with really with three questions. One is, God, who are you? Second is, God, what can you accomplish? And then lastly, it's, God, can you really use me? And I'm not sure about you guys, but every time, God has called me to something new. God has called me to something different. God has called me to step out of my comfort zone. I've had to grapple with those same three questions. God, who do you say you are? God, can you really accomplish the things that you say you're going to do? And God, I'm so feeble and weak, and I have so many inadequacies. God, can you really use me today? And church, the thing that we're going to see from this passage it simply is this, something that I want you to remember is that the call of God will never lead you where the power of God can't carry you. That the call of God, whatever God has called in your life, whatever he has called you to do, you will never do that alone. That the power of God, the same power of God that, that in his wisdom called you to something is going to walk with you each and every step of the way. So God says, when you step out in faith, I promise my presence and my power are going to be with you each and every step of the way. And listen, this is, a, this is a great truth. But you may be sitting here today and thinking, okay, it sounds really good. It sounds really nice. Today I want to show you how God, how God begins to flesh this out in Moses' life. So I just want to take a moment. I want to pray over our time in Scripture today. We're going to dig right into Exodus chapter 3. So let's pray. So, Heavenly Father, God, we we love you, Lord. And you are a great God and greatly to be praised. And we have spent time this morning, Father, um, worshiping you, lifting up your son Jesus already. And God, now as we turn to your word and we turn to the life of Moses and we see Moses' struggle, um, we see Moses really wrestle with this idea of, of doing something that you have called him to do, Father, but it's hard and it's scary. And it's going to take loads of faith. God, I pray today that you would speak to our hearts and speak to my heart, God. That this truth, that the call of God upon our lives, God, is never absent. 
from the power of God, that you provide everything that we need to to fulfill the call of God upon our lives, Lord. God, and I pray, Lord, that through this, we would see you in all of your glory, in all of your splendor, and that we would be convinced that you're with us and for us today. So God, we, we look forward to digging in your word, and we look forward to your spirit working on our hearts. And I pray all these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. All right, church, Exodus chapter 3, verse 13, begins this way. We were, remember, we were in the middle of a conversation here between Moses and God. Moses says in verse 13, Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they're going to ask, What is his name? And what shall I say to them? So he says, God, listen, I know all this is going to play out. I'm not sure if you do, but I, I, I do. I'm going to, so you want me to go back to Egypt, right? To go back to my people who are enslaved. And you want me to tell them, I, t- I was talking to a bush in the desert. And it told me to come back for you. And we're getting out of here. They're not going to believe that. They're not going to say, well, who, what God, what authority gives you, what authority have you been given to say, all right, let's, let's get out of here. And secondly, can I get whatever you're smoking? Like, that's not how it's going to work, God. I can't just show up and say, I was talking to a bush out in the desert. It's not going to work. And God, I love I love, I love God's response here, verses 14 and 15. And he says, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever." And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. He says, listen, all right, they ask, they ask who sent you, tell them that I am has sent you. Church, that word, that phrase, I am, is God's given name. You'll find it thousands of times within the Old Testament. It's a word, Jehovah. And God here is giving his people a rich and deep picture of who he is. Now that that phrase, I am, we could spend all day, we could spend all day tomorrow, all week, digging into the richness of what that means. But I just want to point out just a few things. One is, look look at the tense. It says, I am. Present tense. It's not, I was but I'm not going to be that way anymore. It's not I will be, but it does mean I will be. I'm in the future as well. It's not I might be. I may do this. I may act this way. It's No, it's I am. And wrapped up in that simple tense itself, God reveals his character and reputation. He says, I am faithful. He says, I am present. I am powerful. I'm able to cast out every doubt and fear. I'm able to keep my promises. 
I'm love. I'm holy. I am going to work in your midst. I am completely separate from everything else. I am not dependent upon a relationship. I'm not dependent upon circumstances. I am that I am. I am self-sufficient. I will, am, and always will be there. I'm the beginning and the end. Church, wrapped up in that name is all that we need to understand about who God is. That God is able to meet you in any circumstance and in any situation. That God is able to work even when we don't think he can. That God doesn't need certain things to go his way to be happy, satisfied, or content. He already is all of those things. And he says, you tell, you tell those people. And as God is saying, you tell your people, he is really reminding Moses as well. Listen, this is who goes before you. This, has who, this is who has called you to this mission. The most powerful being ever to exist. The one who has no beginning and has no end. Everyone else here has a birthday, except for God. God always has existed. He doesn't need our help. He doesn't need our assistance. He is completely separate. That's the God who calls you and I today to follow after him. So he says, listen, not only am I going to tell you a little bit more about who I am, but I'm going to let let you know what I plan to do here again. Ephesians 3, I mean, Exodus 3, beginning at verse 16, God goes into depth about how he's going to deliver his people. So he says, Moses, go. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob has appeared to me, saying, I have observed you and what has been done to you in Egypt. See, God is present and watching even then. And I promise that I will bring you out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. And they will listen to your voice, and you and and the elders of Israel shall go to the king of Egypt and say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. And now please let us go a three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless compelled by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all the wonders that I will do in it. And after that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And when you go, you shall not go out empty. But each woman shall ask of her neighbor and any woman who lives in her house for silver and gold jewelry and clothing and You shall put them on your sons and on your daughters, so you shall plunder the Egyptians. Church, there's a lot there. A lot was described. God was describing, listen, this is how I'm going to bring you out of Egypt. You're not going to do it under the the cover of darkness. You're not going to sneak out. No, you're going to come out um, with a mighty hand of God. I want you to notice something here. What, What did God call Moses to do? And what did God promise he will do? If you look over that passage, 
What are all the things that God says I'm going to do? He says, I will lead the people out. I will stretch out my mighty hand. I will cause the Egyptians to be plundered, so you're going to have material and wealth as you leave the nation. I'm going to do all of that. What's the one thing God called Moses to do? He said, go. Go. You trust me. You trust the calling on, on your life, and I'm going to do all the work. God lays out really, really in great detail right there, listen, Moses, it's not on you. It's on me. If God was a betting man, God would bet on himself. He says, listen, I got this. This isn't on you, Moses. This isn't something that, like, Moses, you're going to go, and you're going to have to persuade, and you're going to have to work, and you're going to have to somehow, somehow cause this rebellion, this revolt, so that your people... Can, can leave Egypt. He doesn't say any of that. He says, Moses, you go and you trust that I'm going to do the, the heavy lifting. I'm the one who's going to work. But listen, a lot of times with Moses, we give, we give him a really hard rap here, really bad rap. You think, oh, Moses is making excuses again and again and again. And we're going to see some of those. I don't think that's the case, though. And I don't think, and even if it was, we shouldn't be as hard on him as, as some preachers and teachers are. I don't think Moses was running away from God. I think Moses was getting his questions answered. Do you guys know that that's okay? Do you guys know that God isn't afraid of your questions? God isn't afraid of your doubts? God isn't afraid of, of your anxieties, of your worries? He actually, he welcomes them. Philippians, well, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. And so often we, we, we're afraid to talk with God and discuss things with God because maybe we don't have all of our questions answered just yet. But God says, let's have that discussion. God, what God doesn't say is that sit on the sideline and not have the discussion. He says, let's have the discussion, let me answer your questions, and then let's move forward together. And so Moses, Moses begins in, in chapter 4 by asking another question. He says, God, what can, you, what can you accomplish? What can you do? In Exodus chapter 4, verse 1, he says, Moses says, then Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. For they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. Again, Moses is saying, listen, I don't think you understand what's going to happen. Verse 2, God responds. He said, the Lord said to him, what is in your hand? And he said, it's a staff. What's in your hand? That's all he asked. Moses, what do you have on you right now? So Moses says, I have this staff. And I love this about, I love this verse. Because notice what God didn't say. I'll say, well, Moses, before you can go to Egypt, you need some training. You've got to go to school. Um, you need better equipment, more better accessories. What's the staff going to do? You need something more, something better. Um, you need to improve yourself in some way. God uses, God used exactly what Moses already had. And he says, let me tell you what I'm going to do with that staff. 
verses to follow. Verse 3. And God said, throw that staff on the ground. And so he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent. And I love this. And Moses ran from it. It's like, what? The world just happened. I love that about, I love that about, about narrative, about story. You see, you get to see who these people really, really were. And I would think, I hate snakes. I would be doing the same thing. I'd be throwing that thing 50 yards and running the other way. Like, I'm not touching a snake. But the thing I love about the Lord is that, listen, not only does God use what he has, but oftentimes God's going to frighten us by the things that he can do. Imagine if you just, okay, Moses, throw that, throw that stick on the ground, and it did nothing. One, it's a great confidence builder for Moses. Cool. I could have done that. And two, it shows us, listen, God, God is going to work in ways that are extraordinary, that oftentimes are scary, but we know that he's good. But we know that in the midst of the, the fear, in the midst of, man, I don't know what God is going to do here, but I'm afraid he's going to do that. Guess what? God's probably going to do that. But God calls us along for the ride. And so throws it down, and it comes a, a, a serpent, and God says, all right, Moses, pick it up. And he did, and turned back into a, sta- into a staff. And again, the Lord said, Moses, put your hand into your cloak. And Moses did, and he pulled it out, and his hand and arm was full of leprosy. Probably another terrifying thing. Not only is a snake away from me, but now this scary thing is on me. This is part of who I am now. Leprosy is like a, it's like a, a, skin, a skin disorder, a skin disease that was, that was looked down upon um, in those days and e- even, even today where, where it's prevalent. But God said, put it back into your cloak, and he pulled it out, and it was clean again. And this is just how my mind works, but I wonder, like, is this like an everyday thing? If Moses is, like, getting ready in the morning, and he puts his cloak on, and he puts his arm in, he pulls it out, is it, like, leprosy, and he pulls it back in? Is this, like, a, is this a one-shot deal, or is this, like, an everyday thing? Like, you know, every time you throw your staff on the ground, is it going to turn into a snake? I don't know. That's just how, how I read this. It doesn't say, it's not, it's not gospel. I just, this is how my mind works. And God gives him one more thing in verse, in verse 9. Verse 8, and he says, and if they will not believe you, God said, or listen to the first sign, they're going to believe this one. And if they will not believe even these two signs, or listen to your voice, you shall take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. And the water that you shall take from the Nile will become blood on the dry ground. Again, Moses asked the question, God, what can you accomplish? And he took ordinary things, a staff, your own hand, a pitcher full of water, and God did amazing work through that. And the thing that we want to we gather from this today, one is not, God doesn't promise that you have a stick and throw it down and you're going to turn into a snake. God does not promise that, okay? God doesn't promise, if you, it doesn't matter how many times you put your hand under your shirt, it's not going to come out as leprosy. Don't be that creepy guy that's always doing that. Don't. This isn't prescriptive for us today. This is descriptive. This is describing what God did in Moses' life for that call. And God may call your call on everyone's life here. It's not going to be Moses's. One, the Israelites are not enslaved by Egypt anymore. 
Two, God has a different call for your life, one that Moses didn't have. And God promises to walk you through that as well. But this is what we understand here. It's that the power was never found in Moses' staff. The power was never found in Moses' hand. The power was found in God working through it. So guys, the power isn't found in your ability to do something. The power isn't found in, in, in what you have. The power is found in God working through what you have. So it doesn't matter how, how different you are from Moses. It doesn't matter how different you are from the person down, down, the, down the, the pew from you. That when we turn something over to God, whatever it may be, God can do amazing things with it. I love this quote by, by F.B. Myers, and it says, Whatever we have in our hand, whatever endowment God has given us, whatever talent we have, if we turn it over to God, he can use it in a powerful way. So instead of looking at the person next to you and saying, man, I wish I, I, wish I had what they had, or man, I wish I could be gifted that way, God says no, because that's not where the power is. The power is God working in whatever you have to his glory to fulfill his call upon your life. And God promises to show up when you hand those things over to him. So whether it's your, your career, whether it's your talents, whether, whether it's the family that God has given you, whether it's your future, you hand those things over to God and say, God, this is yours. You take it for whatever you want to do. And one of the most scariest things that you can ever do will, will probably be one of the most surprising things in your life when God begins to work in the things that we just hand over to him. He says, listen, I'll show you what I can do. I can accomplish great things even through what you have, Moses. Moses continues to struggle and ask questions. The next question he asks is, Moses, God, can you really use me? Follow along with me in verse 10. It says, But Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and tongue. He says, God, you, I can't, you can't use me. I can't talk. And some people think that it was a speech impediment. Some people think that it was just, listen, Moses had been gone out of Egypt now for 40 years. He probably wasn't fluent in Egyptian anymore. You know, Rosetta Stone was not created yet. He wasn't out there watching his sheep, learning how to say these words again. That's not how it worked. So whatever it may be, it could be Moses saying, God, I'm not quick on my feet. I can't just stand in front of people and talk. Whatever it is, God, Moses sent his questions to God. He's, he's wrestling with things, but God answers him again. And it says, verses 11 through 12, and it says, Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. So God answers Moses' question with a question. Listen, who made man's mouth? Who makes people blind? Who makes people see? Who makes people deaf? Who makes people that mute, that they can't talk? It is I do that. That is my call. 
And whatever inadequacy Moses was feeling at that moment, guess what? None of it was a surprise to God. He was not out there. Moses like, God, I can't talk. I'm not eloquent. Moses wasn't, and God wasn't like, ah, you know, good point. I didn't think about that. He didn't say that. God wasn't surprised by Moses' inadequacies. And he says, listen, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to, no is not an answer here. And I understand what I'm asking you to do, but I also understand what I can do. Moses, continuing, Moses doesn't give up. And he says in verse 13, but he said, oh my Lord, please send someone else. I can't do this. And then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And I love that phrase there. Because you know what? Church, there comes a point in all of our lives when God has called you to something, when you're wrestling through, understand there's questions and you can bring those things to God and you can have those talks. But there comes a point in our lives, in my life, where not fulfilling God's call in your life becomes a sin. Where not trusting God enough to follow his lead becomes sinful. And Moses had reached that point. And God's anger kindled against him is, Moses, I've given you every answer that, I, that you need. Just trust me. Just go. Go back to Egypt. I'm going to be with you each and every step of the way. But God in his goodness and grace and his mercy doesn't give up on Moses. He says in verse 14, is, not, is, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Again, of course he does. He's God. But behold, he's coming over to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. And you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth. And will teach you both what to do. And he shall speak for you to the people. And he shall be your mouth. And you shall be as God to him. And I love this. And take in your, in your hand this staff with which you will do the signs. So he says, Moses... I understand you're, you're, you're scared. I understand that you're afraid. And I'm going to work with you. I'm going to give you Aaron. And Aaron's going to speak to the people of Israel. But, but Moses, you're going to talk to me. And we're going to walk through this together. And he says, and you, and make sure to take that staff. Remember the one that turns into a snake and everything else? Yeah, take that. You're going to need that. But, it, but that is a reminder of God's presence within Moses' life. You know, it kind of was God's sovereignty that I had my gallbladder surgery the week that I did um, so that I would be able to preach this portion of Scripture. Uh, because I have... I have walked through this portion, this text, for the last 20, 15 or 20 years of my life. See, I can relate to a lot of what Moses is going through here, especially verses 10 through 17. Uh, because I grew up with a terrible speech impediment. I was, I couldn't, couldn't put two sentences together. Um, 
without, without stuttering. Um, I didn't, I, I definitely kept away from public speaking and even engaging in personal conversation because I was afraid of how I, of, of the struggle I would have in getting words out of my mouth. I was, I was shy, I was backward, and I still am. This is not me up here. I am a natural introvert, and I act like I can chameleon sometimes to fake it till you, till you make it kind of thing. So, but I did the therapy, I did all that stuff, walked through all of it. And then, come, I was 15 or 16 years old when, when God began drawing my heart to this, to pastoral ministry. And I remember having those same conversations with God. You got, to get, you got the wrong guy. I can't, I can't talk. I can't speak in front of people. It's not, what I, it's not what I do. Let me do something else. I can be behind the scenes. I can do whatever. But God continued to call. And God used... This passage in verse 11 and 12 where God said, listen, who made your mouth? It wasn't you, it was me. Who made you with those inadequacies? It wasn't you, it was me. And I'm going to, I'm going to work in and through those inadequacies to bring me glory and to lead people closer to my son Jesus. Guys, that, that one thing that's the call of God will never lead you where the power of God can't carry you. It's true. Because I've witnessed it, I've seen it. And it doesn't mean I don't struggle. Listen, probably week in and week out, one, like the night before I preach, I'm a nervous wreck. Because I know that what I'm attempting to do on Sunday is not me. And if God's power ever left me, I would be sunk. And it's not saying that, it, that everything is perfect. There are, there are weeks and weeks on end where, where you'll catch me stuttering or you'll catch me not being able to say a certain word. You, kinda, you take a deep breath and you say a mental prayer and you just you power through and say, God, I trust you. You call me to this. Even, even if it doesn't look pretty at times, I'm going to continue to trust In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, has been one of the verses that have really, really helped me through. Where somebody says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Guys, I'm, I'm not sure what inadequacy you're feeling today. Or what, what things you're wrestling with as, as God is calling you to something, but no. That God can take whatever failures you may have, whatever inadequacies you may have, and God can work in and through those things to, to remind you to depend on the power of God 
and to bring glory to Jesus because other people are saying that person should never have done, be able to do what, he, what they just did. God can work in and through our weaknesses here. Just to finish up our, our passage today, Exodus 4, verse 18, Moses returns to Egypt. I love this. And Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, please let me go back to my brothers in Egypt to see whether or not they're still alive. See, Moses is still struggling. And Jethro said to Moses, go in peace. And the Lord said to Moses and Midian, go back to Egypt, for all the men who are seeking your life are dead. So Moses took his wife and his sons and had them ride on a donkey and went back to the land of Egypt. And I love this last phrase. And Moses took the staff of God with him. See, after Moses struggled with who God was and what he could accomplish, and if God could use him, Moses simply went. Packed up his family, packed up his wife, packed up his kids, and went and made the trip back to Egypt. And I'm, I'm sure on the way there, he's having those conversations again. Can God really use me? And he's reminded of truth. Well, God said he could. Um, will, will they really believe me? Well, well, they're not going to believe me, but God gave me these signs as a, as a picture of, of being sent by God. And God, what can you accomplish here again? God, what are you going to do? And he was constantly, I'm sure, in his head, as often as I have, you have as well, be reminded by truth. That's what's going to propel you forward in your call with God. Church, I want to finish up the same place we began by this by this one sentence, is that the call of God will never lead you where the power of God can't carry you today. And I believe that God is calling many of us to a deeper walk with him. I truly believe that. I believe that God is calling you to step out in faith, but it's not without our doubts and fears. And I get that, and that's reasonable, and I understand those things. But listen, that God invites us to have the conversation. And every question, every fear that we have, every doubt that we may have, every, every, every worry that we may have can all be answered by an almighty, all-knowing, sovereign, holy God. Maybe God is calling you to a new career so that you can invest more in the kingdom of God. Maybe God is calling you to, to change jobs so you can invest more time in your family. Maybe he's calling you to some sort of full-time ministry, to go out in the mission field, to, to, to pastor a church, or to, to step up and lead your family, or lead a life group, or, or finally try out to be part of a ministry team for the very first time. Whatever God is drawing your heart today, whatever God is calling you today, just remember that he doesn't, not only does God call you, but God also promises his power and his presence as you, as you make those steps forward today. Maybe you've been wrestling for a long time. Maybe you've been wrestling with this idea and God's been calling on your heart, but you just, you've been stuck in the mud and you're spinning your wheels. And I pray that today would be the day where you take that next step where you have those honest conversations with God, 
and you allow him to respond. And you allow him to answer those questions for you, as many as, as, as you can. They all come back to who God is and what do I believe he can do. And I pray that God would use our time today to make that step forward. And if you, if you need to spend time with God today, if you need to say, God, I have spun my wheels for too long, may today be the day that you have that conversation. Whether it's something that you go home and do this afternoon, whether it's something you pray over your spouse with, but if you just need time today to publicly come forward and say, I've been holding back for too long. I'd invite you to come forward as we, as we wrap up and the worship team comes, comes forward. And during that time of singing afterwards, we would love to be able to, to pray with you as well. Our elders are going to be up here after, after the song to be able to pray with you guys. Um, but if that's you today and said, I've been spinning my wheels for too long, may today be the day where you make that decision. And for others of you here today, maybe you're here for the very first time. Maybe you've never heard the good news of the gospel, that God loves you and that God has a plan for your life, and that God loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross in your place for your sins. But maybe you're here, and you're thinking, there is no way that God could ever love me, that there is no way that God could ever forgive me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know the hurt that I've committed. Maybe you're here and you're thinking, I haven't earned God's favor. I haven't earned God's trust yet. Let me encourage you with this one verse. It's John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him, no matter of their past, no matter of their present, no matter what even they may do in the future, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And if you're here today and you're struggling with that, with that idea, I would encourage you, instead of focusing on the what-ifs of what may happen, just trust God's word to be true, that he has the power to forgive you of your sins, to cleanse you from your guilt and your shame, that he has the power to save your soul. So if that's you here today, we would love to have a conversation with you on what it, just what it looks like to have a relationship with Jesus. So again, we would, we would encourage you during that song, just come forward. And our elders would love to be able to, to, to show you what it looks like to have a relationship with Christ. Um, you can come find me after the service. Um, if coming up front is not your thing. Mark it on your Connect card. And someone will be in touch with you this week about how you can know for sure that you have everlasting life and you have a relationship with God that can never be taken away. Church, God is calling us to something. And he's going to be there each and every step of the way. I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to pray over you guys. I'm going to sing one more song. So Heavenly Father, God, Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for, for the story of Moses. And as he wrestled, God, with who you are and what you can accomplish, God, and if you could actually use us, Lord, and we see you being faithful and true over and over again. God, I pray that you would move in the hearts of our people, that they would move out in faith, trust in your power, and embrace your presence. Know that they're not walking this road alone, and, but you're going to be with them each and every step of the way. God, you promise that you'll be with us to the very end of the age, and we're holding you to it. So God, I pray that we would act and live like you're going to do and keep your promises, God. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just work. Work right now, God. 
And I pray all these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Grace Bible Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, you can visit gracebiblepa.com. Thank you.